He can eat regular wings. And Lonnie is bringing fries. Anything else? Where's Lonnie? Oh, Lonnie, are you bringing anything else? I know he's bringing his deep fryer and getting potatoes for. Perfect. Perfect. So it's going to be Sunday, the 9th of October from 4.30 to 7.30. Sign-up sheet is in the back. Um, invite a friend and and let let us know, though, if you invite a friend. We want to know that we have enough wings and food. I think we'll have plenty. Yes, you can have regular wings. You don't have to eat the hot wings. And if you have a hot sauce yourself, bring it. I think Zach's going to be bringing one. We're going to do the regular. I think we're doing a six-wing challenge, and then we are going to just mess around, hang out, have a good time, and have fellowship as men. So. I can understand who wants to eat really, really hot, hot wings. Not me. Any other you man are up for the challenge? <laughs> okay. Amen. I want to, uh, we're going to do, this is the order of the service today because we have a lot going on. Um, I want to read something to you and then we're going to receive the offering. And then we're going to go in, I'm going to teach a little bit on dedicating a baby, what it's all about. And then we're going to teach a little bit about water baptism, what it's all about. Then we're going to go over to the other side, and, and uh, we're going to uh, go through that ceremony, and then we'll have dinner together. So I believe it'll be a wonderful day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We invite you, Spirit of grace, into this house this morning. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Ghost. You are so good, Heavenly Father. We love you, we worship you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to read this to you. Turn the lights out on me too quick. I can see. When we were down to Omaha at the conference, and you can get online and you can see all the services. How many of you know about Flashpoint? Okay. Gene Bailey had given this prophecy, and this prophecy was given by Charles Capps, July 11th, 1980. That's 40 years ago, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is what he said for all you Patriots United people. How many want to see this country become what it used to be? Amen. Well, this prophecy was given, and it's wonderful, and it's entitled, My Arm Will Be Involved in Governments. So this is the Spirit of God speaking through Charles Capps. Listen carefully to these words. I am marshalling my forces. And the politicians are seeing the handwriting on the wall. In days past, it's been very unpopular in government circles to mention religion or born-again experiences. But in the day when you live, it will be more popular to say, I'm born again than to speak against all of God's creation. For you see, I'm raising up an army. They're becoming, or they're beginning to stand up now. They have sat on the sidelines in the days past. But I'm marshalling my forces 
to salute the Lord. And the politicians are seeing the handwriting on the wall. And the government and the things of the world shall be changed. Because the man who came into leadership shall be ordained of God. For my people are coming together. That's a good amen time right there. Some would say, oh, how will it ever be so? We're so outnumbered. No, you're not, saith the Lord. Because you see, in the days to come as the world walks on in their own darkness, their darkness shall grow darker, their understanding shall be dimmed, and because they are approaching the kingdom of darkness, their darkness shall become gross darkness. They'll know not when to turn. They'll stumble and fall. They'll not know at what they stumble. But my people who are called by my name, who walk in the light of my word as they approach the end of time, they're coming closer to the kingdom of light. Their light shall grow lighter and the wisdom shall grow more profound. They'll be able to look and see all around. They'll see every obstacle. They'll step on to this side. They'll step to that side. They'll be able to solve problems that no others have been able to solve and the world will say who are these who seem to know how to perform such miracles as we heard about in days past they are mine saith the Lord my army and I'm raising up will be and what I'm raising up will be involved in governments they'll change multitudes for when the king served other gods so did all Israel go astray so lift up your heads and rejoice for that which is before you is your choice and all move mighty to see that the choice is right saith the lord lift up your heads and rejoice for i am doing a new thing in the earth amen 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 amen, amen. Now, the reason I, I read that, because when I heard it the first time and I looked up on the screen, what did I tell you last year what God spoke to me? Marshal the forces. And I thought, that's confirmation. What's marshal the forces mean? It means get ready. Get ready for what's coming. Amen. Get your life in order individually. Get Church, get your life in order corporately. And we're doing just that. Amen? Well, let's worship God this morning.
So this just rose up in my heart. He who sits on the throne says, I am making everything new. I am making all things new. 2022, the prophet said, shall be about you. What is it that you're believing for? What is it that's already passed this year? I want you to sing this next song to your father because he's good. Praise him. Even if there's things that haven't come to pass yet this year that you've believed for, praise him like it's already done because it is done. And he's worthy. So enter into worship. Sing to your heavenly father from your heart, from your spirit. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest nights You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so the goodness of God. Come on. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. When my life lay down, I'm surrendered now. I give you Goodness is running now. 
That's who you are. He's working all things for our good. Cause that's who you are, Father. You're working all things for our good. Cause that's who you are. He's working everything for good. Whatever you're facing. He works it all for good. Everything you're facing, all things He works for your good because He is good. And we worship you, Father. We love you. We worship you. We honor you because you're good. It's your nature. It's who you are. You're working all things. You're working all things. You're working all things. You're working all things for our good. Cause that's who you are. Cause that's who you are. You're a good, good father. Just sing that to him. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father.
Oh, Spirit of grace, we thank you for your presence in this house this morning. And Father, I'd ask, like a blanket, your Spirit will fall upon every family in this place this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us this day. Comforting, strengthening us, helping us in all of our endeavors. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to just take a couple minutes. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And before I do that, I want to thank all the men that helped put that roof on Joyce's mobile home yesterday. And... uh, It's remarkable. You get all these guys together, what can be accomplished. And the marvel of the day, since I've been listening to everybody, was Mike Blank. And I thought to my, when I told Mike, I said, well, you don't need to get on that roof. And he just looked at me, gave me that look. He was up there carrying 80-pound rolls of tar, tar paper. Showed no sign of giving up. So, Joyce literally cried when, when that roof was put on. Now, let me, let me say that, because this morning we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings, but let me give you some scriptures, because I want to talk to you about this one word, it's called alms. Say alms. Deuteronomy 15, verse 11 says, For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you. Did you hear that? Therefore, I command you, saying, You shall freely open your hand. Put your hand out. You shall freely open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and your needy in your land. That's our Father. Proverbs 14.20 says, it's criminal to ignore a neighbor in need, but compassion for the poor, what a blessing. Proverbs 19.17 says, mercy to the needy is a loan to God, but God pays back those loans in full. Say, God pays back. One more in 1 John chapter 3.16, it says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Say deed and truth. So it's about action, folks. Just like yesterday, when we, when we took action and put that roof up and cleaned up the yard, that's what it's all about. So today, I, I just want you to freely sow an alms. Say freely sow an alms. And this will all go towards the roof, which was about $2,000. Put roof, if you're going to donate and sow that alms, then put roof on your envelope. Amen. And uh, we'll be able to... To, that'll help the church and and you know even if we didn't get it all we're quite able to take care of it amen ushers if you'd wait upon the people if you need an envelope this morning raise your hands i thank our worship team this morning 
They did a fine job. I'm so proud of them. Now, what we're going to do, I'm going to do a little exhortation and teaching on dedication. So you can sit and listen to that. Then we'll have the families come up. I'm going to have the Steiner family come first. And I'll let you know when to come up and their sponsors. And then the, the Lawan family. There's quite a few of them. What a blessing. Amen. What a journey. Where'd they come up with that name? What a journey we've been on. Dear Lord. But God is faithful. God is faithful. This morning I want to read to you. You don't need to turn there. Um, For what I'm about to share. Out in the church world, all denominations... Traditions have risen up in the church that are not necessarily in this book. And so when I read to you today, I want you to understand I'm giving you what's in this book. Why would you want anything else than what is in this book, the Father's words? There's a scripture in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. It says, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you and I are going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work, then we better get this word. Would you agree with that? Amen. Now, I'm going to give you some information on dedication. And uh, some of us were raised in different denominations. And I was raised Methodist, Kathy was raised Methodist, and and they did things different. But ultimately, I have wonderful memories of of growing up in the Methodist church. How many Lutherans are here today, or were Lutherans? Catholics, different backgrounds, okay. Well, let let me give you some information that will expand your knowledge on dedicating a baby. The dedication of a child is an acknowledgement by parents that the child is a gift from God. Say, gift from God. Say, my child is a gift from God. It's a promise to rear the child for God's glory. By committing the child to him, they established their role as stewards of God's inheritance entrusted to their care. Every child has a right to dedication. Your child belongs to God first. When you look at it, any infant, you must say, this is God's child. This child has come out of the unseen. This child has been born into a redeemed world for whom the Savior died. This child is called, therefore, by divine mercy to the inheritance of eternal life. This is God's supreme desire for this child. Say eternal life. What you do with your child is a responsibility that only heaven and eternity can calculate. Only God knows what possibilities are wrapped up in an infant. 
And without God, a parent is without chart or compass in setting a course for a child. Nothing is more presumptuous or replete with moral responsibility for which the parent must stand trial at the final audit. Now listen to this statement. It is not a sin to be born. It is a sin to die without being born again. There are no illegitimate souls. There may be illegitimate parents. That is for the laws of God and man to decide. But the stigma should never be placed upon the child. You're familiar with 1 Samuel chapter 128. You remember a a woman made a, a, a covenant with God or a contract with God. Her name was Hannah. Do you remember that? And in 1 Samuel one twenty eight, she says, As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. Lent does not mean to be given temporarily. To, it means to be given unconditionally in dedication to the Lord. The act of dedication does not automatically make children Christian. Are you listening? Just as the sprinkling of water over a baby does not impart salvation. Thank you for that that one. That's right. Remember, we're talking about what's in the Bible. Now, Elkanah and Hannah understood something. And they made this clear in their dedication of Samuel before Eli. They understood the importance of the blood covenant. Their dependence was upon the atonement. No amount of training could ever substitute for the power of the blood. For Samuel chapter 1 verse 24 states, And when she weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. Dedication is a point of beginning. It is a public commitment. The possibility of a contract exists. The question resolves itself around this. Are you as a parent willing to have God take absolute possession of your baby? Will you allow him to use that offered life to his glory in whatever manner he proposes to use it without ever offering an objection? That really brings you to the altar today. And that dedication must be tested. It will bring you to to the brink time and again, but it will also see you through. When Satan would harass you and make it appear that your child in later years is swerving in his Christian allegiance, you can stand on the contract drawn between yourself and the Lord. He or she shall be lent to the Lord as long as they live. That promise has strength that withstands the pressures of hell. Amen? The only way dedication will work, parent, is to give that child to the Lord as long as he or she lives. Say forever. That means full and complete surrender. It means a cutting away. Mary felt it. Yes, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Luke chapter 2, verse 35. Dedication occurs at the altar where final and complete ownership is debated and decided forever. A parent who has lent a child to the Lord faces the ensuing battle with supreme confidence. When sickness attacks the child, such a parent can secure himself in faith which affirms, this child is the Lord's. Say that. This child is the Lord's. 
That attack involves God. This is an attempt to thwart the will of God. I believe it will be defeated. I believe it is God's will for me to share in his magnificent victory over this child since I'm his partner, covenant partner in directing this child's life. Philippians 1, six. I will rejoice in the face of attack and publicly affirm my confidence that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You expect your investment to pay dividends. You can say in days of testing, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You can stand up to satanic buffeting and say, for this child I prayed and the Lord's given me my petition. Without this foundation, you're on your own. Dependent, dependent upon human skill and your own personal assets alone. But you have a foundation and unshakable faith. Say, I have a foundation and unshakable faith in Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.19, the foundation of God stands sure having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. No parent is strong enough in himself. The odds are too great. But when a true heaven and earth relationship has been established and you are the servant and he is the master, you become more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Do you see that attitude when you know the word and you know Jesus? This is the difference you see in families. I ask you to believe this. It is not the will of your for young lives to be circumvented. Jesus said so. It is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that any one of these little ones should perish. Yes, you can stand up to attacks upon a child who's been truly de- dedicated. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Res- resist the devil and he'll do what? He'll flee. At this altar of infant dedication this morning, you, the parent, must be conscious through divine revelation of God's unique and singular purpose for the child's life, his particular mission. This can only be realized by a sensitive relationship provided by the Spirit of God. So innately, as a parent, you should know there's a gift in your child. You should know and realize the hand of God is on your child. Amen. John 16, verse 13. He will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Zechariah and Elizabeth knew about their infant son, John. Now, listen to these two scriptures. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God, and he shall go before them, and him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of, of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Our kids, our children are prepared in this hour, I believe, for God. This is how the planet Earth can be blessed with saints rather than blighted by slobs. I like that. Never doubt this for an instant. 
Jeremiah reflected upon his birth. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you that you should be a prophet to the nations. Paul, Paul also had revelation of this in Galatians 1.15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me to his grace... With the sensitivity provided by the Spirit to the intention of God toward your child, you foster the call of God as it reaches the opening and widening consciousness of your child. There's never any intermission in raising your child, people. That child has you under surveillance 24-7. That's a sobering thought. As your child grows He's watching you. She's watching you. One glaring error and you can leave a scar on the child's soul for life. That's sobering, isn't it? One error can scar that child for life. So you must be careful. What you select to view, what you read, what you hear, where you go, what you say. You and I have by an act of dedication, assumed that responsibility. That's why I'm very careful by just having people come up to dedicate their baby. I want you to know how important that child is. Amen. Amen. Now what I'd like to do, let's start with the, with the Steiners. Let's work with one and move up to many. <laughs> so I'm going to have the Steiner... Family come and the sponsors. Is this someone that's been crouping, coughing? Or that Charlie? Sound asleep? Oh, there comes Charlie girl. Yep. I want to say how blessed the Gardner family is, and this church to have you here. I've watched you even before you started coming to church. And the thing that that stuck out for me was the fact how involved you are with your children. You didn't grow up with that luxury. But you're making sure your kids have a place. And you're, you're showing them the way. And it's going to pay off. Amen. Amen. How are you? She's, she's the little mouth of the neighborhood. I'll be half a block down. What'd she call me? Mikey. Mikey. She screams, Mikey. Can I have this one? Oh, oh don't wake up and cry. Here's mom and dad. He's kind of scary, isn't he? Huh. Stand up, folks. Give give the full name. Violet Rose Marie Steiner. Violet Rose Marie Steiner. Father, in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, we present Violet to you today. And our declaration today is this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Violet's life. Spirit, soul, body, relationally, 
financially. We say the seed of a righteous man and woman is blessed. So we call Violet Steiner blessed today, spiritually. You shall grow strong in the Lord, be born again and at an early age and filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow you as you present the word. You'll lay hands on the sick, Violet, and they'll recover. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your angels are encamped around her 24-7, that no weapon formed against Violet shall prosper. Father, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that she will have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, that she might have great endurance and patience as she joyfully daily gives thanks to you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, she'll prosper, she'll be in health, and her soul shall prosper, and she'll influence many in the days ahead. Be bold, Violet, for Jesus. We declare it today. And all God's people in agreement said, Amen, amen. Give the Steiner family a hand. Boy, you're happy. Why don't you smile? Huh? You didn't even fill your pants on me. Just. Okay, Grandpa loves you. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Relationships are important. Go ahead, sit down for a second. Relationships are important, folks. I can't stress that enough. We had a relationship before they started coming to church here. And uh, God wants these relationships to last into eternity. Amen. We need each other. Okay, Brad and Courtney and your whole crew. There comes half the church. Now, I'm going to do this a little different. I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me a microphone, please. Kind of giving a synopsis and share how God's blessed you and what's happened. Just Well, how do you sum up for 15 years, huh? Uh, out of the gate, got married. Uh, a couple years in, we decided it was time to have children. Had some complications doing so which down the road ultimately led us to looking into adoption and things like that, which is an incredible amount of money in the state of Nebraska, which then kind of led us down the foster care path. And uh, that's where these three kiddos came from. And then they graduated out of the foster care class, but uh, bio mom was kind of having some troubles and asked us to adopt. And that all still kind of a somewhat messy situation, but uh, we decided we're, we're done waiting for the world to catch up with what God's ordained, so we're going to go ahead and have these guys dedicated and caught up. And then this little missy came along, and like I said, it was about 14, half, 14 and a half years of standing in faith. And uh, we've had the name journey for a long, long time, but uh, ironically fitting for the journey that we've been on, to say the least. So a journey it has been.
Amen. Mama, you want to say anything? Years ago, many years ago, I was at Corners, uh, Omaha, the Pastor Hanks. And he was teaching on the prophetic, and, and he, he does that. He'll just say, now find somebody and basically prophesy to him. And you're going, ah. And I had a, a gentleman come up to me, a total stranger, and he says, you've been disappointed in the past with, with people that have been in your life that have left you, but I'm going to give you somebody that's going to be faithful. There he stands. There they stand. The faithful ones. And I've watched them grow. I'm, I've watched their, their, their passion and their love for children. Amen. You kids are blessed. Whether you realize it now or not, you are blessed. Amen. Okay. Let's do these three first. Come on up here. Come on up. Who, who's your... Turn around. Oh, you can stand just like that. Okay. Okay. Stand up now. I want you to extend your hands. This, this family represents a special grace. And the hand of God is upon them. The hand of God's upon all of us. But some of us go through battles that others don't go through. And they've experienced a great victory. So we as a family, we are on board with that and behind them. Amen. What's your name, kid? Tell everybody. Coda. That's not your real name, but that's your nickname. Father, in the name of Jesus. Stand right here, buddy. We pray for Coda today. We pray that Coda Lewan will grow up strong in the Lord and do great and mighty things for him. We say the anointing of God shall rest upon him and upon his words as he speaks. His speech will be with grace, seasoned with salt, that he might know how to answer every man. The steps of Coda are ordered of the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord shall uphold him by his hand. And the spirit of grace will lead you into truth. The spirit of grace will teach you daily what you do not see. And the spirit of boldness and courage will rest upon you. You'll not shrink to the back, but you'll go forward and you'll say, In Jesus' name I attack. And I thank you, Father, this day for blessing him. I say, Lord God, no weapon formed against Coda shall prosper, and your divine favor surrounds him as with the shield. He'll grow up strong in you and yield much spiritual fruit. Father, we thank you for it this day. We say he's prospering. He will prosper. He will be in health, and his soul shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And Coda said, and Coda said, I'm going to turn you upside down if you don't say amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, there's always an eccentric one in the family. Come here, beautiful. Father, we thank you for Riker today. Lord, we loose an anointing upon her. 
Oh, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We thank you, Father God, that the Son of God and the Spirit of God resides within her. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that her path in the days ahead will grow brighter and brighter. And Father, a special sensitivity birthed within her for others in need. And she'll stand up and she'll reach out and she'll meet that need in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord, that she will continue, Lord God, to grow, be strong in you every day of her life, for her steps are ordered of the Lord. And so, Father, we thank you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Riker all the days of her life, and she will spend all eternity with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> We're doing this different today. Oh, my, how am I going to do this one? Come hold on. Come on. You going to hold on to my leg. Can I have a hand? Can I at least have a hand? No, okay. Just stand there. Father, we thank you for Bella in the name of Jesus. We loose the anointing of God upon her. And in the days ahead, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that you'll pour out a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. You'll strengthen Bella in her inner man. We thank you, Lord, you'll give her direction every day of her life. She'll not go the way of the world in the name of Jesus. But, Lord God, she'll pursue paths of righteousness. And, Lord, we're asking, Lord, that she will be an influence for the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. A boldness to step forward and to lead others to Jesus. A boldness to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So, Father, we thank you. No, you you've not given her a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound, disciplined mind. So, Lord God, we loose that upon her this day. She'll grow strong in you day after day. Your angels are encamped around her. And we thank you, Lord, that they'll continue to deliver her. For you sent your word to heal her and deliver her daily. In the name of Jesus, we call Bella blessed today. In Jesus' name. And she said, I love Pastor Mike. Give, is there any, oh, one more. <laughs> are we done for a while? Oh, this is the first time I've held her because she's so tiny. Oh, such a yawn. What's, what's, what's her full name? Journey, Journey Beth. Okay, just a minute. Let's make it quick. Extend your hands towards Journey. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that when she opens her mouth, people will heal, hear her. We thank you, Lord. She'll declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established in the name of Jesus. She'll grow strong in you spiritually. She'll grow strong physically, mentally, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, because she is a miracle child, miracles will follow this girl in the name of Jesus. We say she shall grow strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, she too, like the rest of her siblings, will have a great influence on the lives of other people. So we thank you, Lord. We call her blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially in the name of Jesus. 
in Jesus' name. I think you're going to be a screamer. I think you're going to, you're so quiet and meek now, but you're like, you're going to be like mom and dad. You'll have an opinion and it will be God's opinion. Amen. Give him a hand. Thank you. We love you both. Thank you. Give me five. Thank you. Give me a hug. See ya. Bye. <laughs> you may be seated. I'm going I'm, I'm to speed it up. Like I said, I'm not preaching a sermon. That's why we have guests today. They heard that. Amen. Short and sweet. I want to talk a little bit about baptism. I'm not going to take the time now. I was, but I'll do that another time. You know, there are five baptisms. Say five baptisms in the Bible. Okay, we're taking care of one of them today. And that's water baptism. What is it? Jesus stressed the vital importance of water baptism when he commissioned his followers to baptize all those who became Christians. Matthew 28, 19, you know the verse. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is far more than a ritual or a religious exercise. Did you get that? It is intended to be an essential part of the spiritual foundation of all new Christians. At the time of a believer's baptism in water, he outwardly affirms an inward commitment he's made to who? Jesus Christ, the Lord of his or her life. So we're going to go ask some questions, and I'm going to try to answer them. And they're very simple, because we got some young ones being water baptized today. Who should be water baptized? All Christians, say all Christians, should be water baptized. Jesus stressed its importance when he said, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Mark 16, verse 16. Peter, fulfilling Christ's command, preached, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Peter also commanded it, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Do you have to be water baptized to go to heaven? No. Is it necessary? No. The Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not because of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, verse 8. But though you're not saved by water baptism, you are still commanded by Scripture. Say commanded by Scripture. So if Scripture commands it, should we fulfill the commandment? Sure. God promises to do a great work in your life if you're obedient to His commandments. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the what? The good of the land. We know that we've come to know Him if we obey His commands. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. When should you be water baptized? Well, I'd say immediately. I believe in the days ahead we're going to have that warm all the time. Why? Because once a person's born again, they should immediately go. And be water baptized. Do they have to? Of course not. But we should be water baptized after we repent and turn away from our sin to follow Jesus. Number two, believe completely in the, in the, and trust in Christ's death and resurrection 
for your salvation. The Apostle Peter said, repent and be baptized. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Acts 8, 12 says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, here comes the sticky part. Especially if you've got family that do not believe like you believe. This this community is predominantly what? Help me, folks. Lutheran. Catholic. Do they see it the way we do? No. And it's important that you don't get in an argument. Especially in family. You know, you have some family members that don't believe the way you do. Well, just, we've been talking about the tongue. We've got to keep our mouth shut. Walk in love. Amen. But you should know, and you and I should have revelation about it. If you were baptized as a baby, is that enough? Is that going to get you to heaven, folks? No. Infant baptism is not taught anywhere in the Bible. Infant baptism is not taught anywhere in the Bible. Did you want the Bible today? Repentance and believing are essential. As was stated on the previous page, it is necessary for a Christian to repent and believe before he or she can receive the benefits of being baptized in water. Now listen, this is so. This is a no-brainer, folks. Obvi- obviously, a little baby cannot make a commitment to repent and believe. Is that common sense? Do you get that? On the other hand, a child who's mature enough to make the decision of allowing Jesus Christ to be the Lord of his his or her life can and should be water baptized. What happens when you're water baptized? The Bible teaches that every Christian should be water baptized. In order to do so, we must repent and believe on the Lord Jesus. Obviously, water baptism has an important spiritual significance in that, now listen, in that we outwardly identify with Jesus Christ and affirm our commitment to Him. Amen? And to live for Him. So, let's talk a little bit about baptism. Our entrance into the water during baptism identifies us with Christ's death on the cross, His burial in the tomb, and His resurrection from the dead. So, it's... It's an outward demonstration of something that occurs where? On the inside, in your heart. As Jesus freely chose to die in our place, so we must willingly enter into the waters of baptism to rise in newness of life. The Bible says all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, we're forgiven of our sins. Jesus said, for this my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When someone repents, believes, and is baptized, they are forgiven and remitted or separated from their sins. Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Not only should we experience this, but Jesus exhorts us to share with others that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached. To all nations. 
Water baptism confirms the fact that our old man, how many remember what you were like before Jesus? <laughs> Water baptism confirms that our old man, our old sin nature has been crucified, destroyed, and we receive a new godly nature. The Word of God says concerning water baptism, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed. We might no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Here's a scripture you all know. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Amen. In the Old Testament, God established circumcision to be an outward work, which signified a change of heart and a new covenant relationship between the Jewish people and himself. In the New Testament, water baptism parallels this and is required for all of God's people. The Bible teaches, in Jesus you were also circumcised in the putting off the sinful nature. Not with circumcision done by hands of man, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God then made you alive in Christ. Now, there's a difference between water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You want to know the difference? Are you sure? Water baptism in obedience is this. In obedience to Christ's command, a new Christian is immersed in water in the name of the Lord. He is thus separated from his old sinful life and makes a commitment to serve Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, this occurs when someone is immersed or filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So water baptism is water. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is spirit. Okay, very simple. Who does the bab baptizing? Well, do you know anybody can baptize somebody? But it, it's nice when you acknowledge the leadership of a local congregation because they carry an anointing and they can speak and declare things into your life. But, you know, what did you just tell me? Which, what did you do last week with your wife? You baptized her. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Amen. See, you don't need to get legalistic, folks. Right. How should I be water baptized? <laughs> there's, there's, there's different ways and, and words. And, and I, I found this because you've, I had years ago, years ago, a total stranger came up to me in church and said, how do you baptize people? And right there was a red flag. I'm thinking, what, what do you mean? Well, how do I baptize people? I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he had his own way. He's not here today. He had his own way. Amen. But listen to this. Listen to this statement. Effective baptism is more than a word formula recited over believers. Without faith in Christ, people will simply enter the water, dry sinners, and leave it wet sinners. It's not just the words you speak. It's faith. When, you, when, when the preacher, you know, teaches on the Word of God, gives you the Scripture, builds faith into your heart, and then you begin to understand what water baptism is truly all about. Amen? Now, 
Years ago, Kathy and I, we were raised Methodist. We were not water baptized the Bible way. We were sprinkled, and thank God we went through confirmation. I'm, I'm proud of my Methodist heritage. But folks, we're living in the hour that we need to obey the Word of God. Quickly be obedient with the things of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. So I hope I gave you answered a few questions about water baptism. Amen. What we're going to do is we'll go over there to the other side. We're going to the other side. I'll let you go first. And we have an area there in front of our uh, baptismal, our, our new baptismal. And, and I want you to know the water's fine. It's warm. I checked it. Amen. And uh, what we'll do is uh, you'll change. In fact, who is all going to be baptized? Okay, do you want, are you ready now or do you need to change? Anybody need to change your clothes? Every, is everybody ready? Okay. Boy, I like that. We're going to go over there and, and uh, we'll, we'll have you uh, climb the steps. Now listen, folks. There will be an usher on every side of you, especially those of you my age. There's days I need a helping hand. So we're not going to let you fall. Say, the preacher, he's not going to let you fall. He'll not hold you under more than 15 minutes. He was helping me roof today, this guy right here, and I threatened him because he's ornery. But what we're going to do, you'll, you'll go up the steps, step into the water, go a little forward, and just sit down. Okay, very easy. We'll help you do that. And then what you're going to do is, I'll, this is how I want you to do it. You can put your left hand on your right wrist and hold your nose like this. <laughs> and then I'll say, have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And you'll say, yes. Then I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Down, up, Amen. See, you're going down with him. You've, you've died with him. Now you're resurrected with him to new life. Say new life. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation. Your past is past, so don't resurrect it anymore. You're a born-again child of God. And you need to know who you are. Amen? Amen. So let's file. How do you want to do this? Let's, the adults go first. Let's do that. Let's have the adults go first, the ones up in my age. 